This is an adult education podcast of Lanier Technical College. If you are a lawful resident of the state of Georgia and are interested in more free lessons to improve your English or prepare for your high school equivalency diploma, such as the GED or HiSET, please visit our website, www.laniertech.edu. Click on Adult Education and follow the instructions. And now for our lesson. Hello, my name is Hallam Pope, Adult Education and ESL Instructor at Lanier Technical College, and today we'll be learning about the basics of the United States government. Much of this lesson's content will help listeners answer many of the questions taken from the Principles of American Democracy and Rights and Responsibilities sections of the USCIS Civics Questions for Naturalization. You may want to ask yourself the following questions before we begin. Are you a recent immigrant to the United States wanting to understand American government and culture a little better? Maybe you are studying for your GED and need a little help with the social studies portion. Or maybe you're preparing for your US citizenship test and looking for some extra help. Passing the citizenship test can seem like a difficult task since you'll need to know a lot about US government, federal laws, American society, and history. It can be hard to know where to start. Don't worry, this podcast lesson will cover the basics of the system of government in the United States and will hopefully help you remember the answers to some of the 100 questions asked on the civics portion of the US citizenship or naturalization test. So, keep listening and learn some American civics and history while you cook, clean, drive, or just sit on the couch with an ice-cold sweet tea or a hot cup of coffee. You will learn about the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution and its amendments, and the basic rights and responsibilities of US citizens, residents, and visitors. You might be wondering why someone with a British accent is here to help with American government, but I have taken the US citizenship exam myself and passed, so don't worry, you're in safe hands. Firstly, here's a little bit about the civics part of the US citizenship test. The test is given by the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, or USCIS, as part of the naturalization or citizenship test. In the test, there are 100 questions that an interviewer can ask you but don't worry, you will not be asked all 100 questions. Instead, your interviewer will ask you 10 questions, picked or chosen from all 100 questions. To pass the test, you will need to answer at least 6 out of 10 questions correctly. To make sure you pass the test, it is best to study all 100 questions just in case. And I'd just like to add that I and Linear Technical College are not directly affiliated with USCIS. So please contact USCIS or visit the USCIS website for official information on the USCIS Citizenship Civics Test. We'll start with the system of government in the United States, which is known as a representative democracy. You have probably heard at least one of these words before, but may not know what this term means, so let's break it down. Many of you will be familiar with democracy and understand that it must be important since we hear it a lot in the news and in conversations about politics. But what does this word mean? 
The word democracy comes from two words from ancient Greece. The first one is demos, which means people, and kratos, which means power. So, demos kratos, or democracy, literally means people power, or power of the people. Early democracies were direct democracies, where all legal citizens were able to vote on laws. You can think of this like a show of hands to see which option gets the most votes and is made into law. The modern American system is a little more complex than this. So, what is representative democracy? You may have heard the word representative from the US House of Representatives. More on that next time. In a representative democracy, citizens don't vote for laws directly, and instead they vote for representatives, or politicians, who will create, vote, and pass laws. Instead of every citizen voting for every law, which in a large country like the United States could take a very long time, citizens vote for representatives whose job it is to create and vote on laws based on what their voters would want. The US system grew out of historic changes to government in Europe when citizens began to challenge the rule of the monarchy, of kings and queens, and moved towards more democratic systems in the late 17th and 18th century. So, just to recap, democracy means people power, or the power of the people, and a representative democracy is one where citizens vote for representatives who will create and pass laws on their behalf or for them. In the late 18th century, in 1776, the United States declared independence from Great Britain and the British monarchy in the Declaration of Independence which was written by Thomas Jefferson and highlighted the importance of democracy and the rights of people or citizens. The declaration famously said that all men are created equal and that they had the rights to three things, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Alongside the Declaration of Independence is another very important document in US history and government and this is the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution sets up the government of the United States and defines a lot of what the US government can and cannot do. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. The Constitution embodies the ideas of democracy and the self-government of people by beginning with the three words, we the people. Sometimes it can be easy to mix up the words in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. So here are some tricks you could use to remember. The Declaration of Independence declared the United States independence from Britain. Independence means freedom from or liberty. So try to remember. Independence is the same as life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. The Constitution of the United States explains what constitutes or what makes up the US government. Since the US is a democracy, remember, people power. What constitutes the government is the people. So try to remember the Constitution equals we the people. Over the years, the Constitution itself hasn't changed, but many changes have been added separately. 
These are known as amendments. In total, there are 27 amendments to the Constitution. The first 10, added together in 1789, are known as the Bill of Rights. These rights stop the government from passing certain laws. One of the most important amendments to the Constitution is the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects citizens' rights to the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, that is, to practice any religion or to not practice religion at all, the freedom to assemble or protest peacefully, the freedom of the press, which is news, media, journalists, and the freedom to petition the government. And here, petition means to ask the government to change laws or correct mistakes. Sometimes you will also hear freedom of expression and freedom of association. So, to help you remember, amendments are changes added to the Constitution. There are 27 amendments total. The first 10 are the Bill of Rights. The First Amendment protects five freedoms, and these freedoms are freedom of speech, religion, press, or the press, assembly, and to petition the government. There are many more rights that apply to people in the United States. Some of these apply to anyone living or residing in the US, and others only apply to US citizens. Everyone living in the US is guaranteed the rights to First Amendment rights, so speech, religion, assembly, freedom of the press, and freedom to petition the government, uh, the right to bear arms from the Second Amendment, and this basically means that Americans are allowed to carry weapons such as guns in certain circumstances or when necessary. US citizens are guaranteed additional or extra rights that are not guaranteed to non-citizens. These are the right to vote in a federal election and the right to run for federal office. So, as a general rule, only citizens can vote and only citizens can run for office in an election. Speaking of voting, there are four amendments to the Constitution about voting in the US that were added in this order. Any male citizen of any race can vote. This amendment gave African-American men the legal right to vote. Any citizen, man or woman, can vote. This amendment gave women the legal right to vote. You don't need to pay a poll tax or a fee to vote. So this made voting free for all voters. And lastly, any citizen 18 or older can vote. We have covered a lot of the rights and protections for US citizens and those living in the US so now let's talk about some of the responsibilities. And you can kind of think of responsibilities a bit like the opposite of rights. In, instead of things that the government must do, these are things that the people should do. And the most important of these are for US citizens. And these are to vote in a federal election and to serve on a jury in court. So here we see that voting in an election is considered both a right and a responsibility. The other responsibility, to serve on a jury, means that whenever the US government or the courts ask you to serve on a jury in a trial, uh, it is mandatory. You must attend. 
A jury is a group of citizens that attend a trial in a court and decide the verdict, the outcome of the trial, or what will happen as a result. There are also responsibilities or promises that all citizens make at their citizenship ceremony or naturalization. These are to give up loyalty to other countries and be loyal to the USA, to obey, uh, follow, and defend the Constitution and laws of the USA, and to serve the USA by doing important work or serving in the military if needed. These are important responsibilities to know before you start the process of applying for US citizenship. So, I think that's enough new information for now. It's time to test what you know and what you've just learned with some multiple choice questions. Okay, so to start off with, what is the system of government used in the United States known as? Is it one, direct democracy, two, representative democracy, three, parliamentary democracy, or four, representative monarchy? Okay, so of course, three of these options are types of democracy and the other is a monarchy. If you remember, democracy means people power and this is the type of government in the USA. The USA isn't a monarchy ruled by a king or queen. Direct, representative and parliamentary are all types of democracy. Remember that in the US, citizens vote for representatives to make and pass laws for them. So the correct answer is representative democracy. Okay, question number two. The first three words of the constitution explain the idea of self-government. What are these three words? One, every American person. Two, we the people. Three, life, liberty and happiness or for all the people. So here again, remember, because the US is a democracy, the power of the government comes from the people. So in the constitution, the writers used the phrase, we the people, to explain that the government and the people that are governed are almost the same thing. So the correct answer is, we the people. Question number three. How many amendments to the Constitution are there? One, 25. Two, 10. Three, 17. Or four, 27. So this question is asking about the total number of amendments to the Constitution. And if you remember, there are a total of 27 amendments. Question number four. How many amendments make up the Bill of Rights? Is it 10, five, 12, or 27?
Okay, so the Bill of Rights is actually another name for the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. So how many amendments make up the Bill of Rights? The correct answer is 10. Question number five. Which of these is not a freedom covered by the First Amendment? Now, this one is a little bit tricky. Which of these is not a freedom covered by the First Amendment? Number one, freedom of speech. Number two, freedom to bear arms. Number three, freedom of religion. Or number four, freedom to assemble. Now, like I said, this question is a little tricky. To get the correct answer, you need to know the five freedoms given in the First Amendment. Now, you might remember that these are the freedoms of number one, speech, two, religion, three, assembly or peaceful protest, four, the press, so news or journalists, and number five, the freedom to petition the government. The right to bear arms or carry weapons is also a right found in the Constitution, but it is in the Second Amendment and not the First Amendment. So, which of these is not a freedom covered by the First Amendment? The answer is the freedom to bear arms. It is not the freedom to bear arms, it is the right to bear arms which is found in the Second Amendment. So this is the correct answer here. Question number six. Who can vote in a federal election? Who can vote in a federal election? Number one. Anyone living in the United States can vote. Number two. US green card holders or permanent residents and citizens can vote. Number three. Anyone who pays taxes can vote. Or is it number four? Only US citizens can vote. The correct answer here is only US citizens can vote. So until you are a US citizen, it is illegal to vote or even attempt to register to vote. So the correct answer here, who can vote in a federal election is only US citizens can vote. Question number seven. Which of these does not describe an amendment that affected voting in the US? So which answer is not correct or true? And again, this one is a little bit tricky. So which of these does not describe an amendment that affected voting in the US? Number one, citizens 21 years and older can vote. Number two, people of any race or background can vote. Number three, people of any gender can vote. Or number four, you do not have to pay a tax to vote. Okay, so another tricky question. If we look at all four of these answers, they are actually all true. But one answer is not the description of an amendment to the Constitution. 
If you pick the first answer, citizens 21 years and older can vote, then you are correct. This is not included in any amendment about voting. There is a similar amendment, the 26th amendment, but this lowered the voting age to 18 years, not 21. So good job if you caught that one and got it right. And finally, our last question. Number eight. Which of these is a responsibility only for US citizens? One, the responsibility to petition the government when asked. Number two, to serve on a jury when asked. Number three, to pay taxes when asked. Or number four, to say the Pledge of Allegiance when asked. Okay, let's look at each answer individually. The first one, the responsibility to petition the government when asked, is not a responsibility at all, it is a right. Also, the right to petition the government is not only for US citizens, it applies to all people living in the United States. What about to pay taxes when asked? Well, anyone spending money in the US might be asked to pay sales tax, and almost all people working in the US will have to pay some federal income tax. So this paying taxes is not only for US citizens. What about the Pledge of Allegiance? In the past, some people were made to say the Pledge of Allegiance in school, but the First Amendment protects freedom of speech, so this is not an official responsibility. So, the answer here is the responsibility to serve on a jury when asked. Only US citizens will be asked to serve on a jury, and this is a responsibility, meaning you must serve when asked. Alright, so we've reached the end of today's podcast. And here's a quick summary of what you can take away. There are 100 questions that can be asked on the USCIS civics test. The interviewer will ask you 10 of these 100 questions, and you need to answer six correctly to pass. The system of government in the United States is called a representative democracy. Democracy means people power, or the power of the people, and in a representative democracy, citizens vote for representatives that make and pass laws for them. Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, which declared the United States freedom from Great Britain and the King in 1776. The Declaration famously said, men are created equal, and that they have the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Constitution, which defines the US government, is the supreme law of the land. The first three words of the Constitution, we the people, embody the idea of democratic self-government. Amendments are changes added to the Constitution. There are 27 amendments total. The first 10 amendments are the Bill of Rights. The First Amendment protects five freedoms 
freedom of speech, religion, press, assembly, and to petition the government. The Second Amendment protects the right to bear arms. These rights are protected for everyone living in the United States. There are four amendments that affect voting in the United States. Citizens of any race can vote. Citizens of any gender, man, woman, or other, can vote. Citizens 18 or over can vote. And there is no poll tax or voting is free. There are two rights only protected for United States citizens. The right to vote in federal elections and the right to run in a federal election. There are two responsibilities only for United States citizens. The responsibility to vote in federal elections and the responsibility to serve on a jury when asked. Finally, at a naturalization ceremony, there are six major promises you must make before becoming a citizen. To give up loyalty to other countries, to be loyal to the United States of America, to defend the Constitution and laws of the United States, to obey the laws of the United States, to serve the United States by doing important work, or to serve in the United States military if needed. Alright, so we hope you've enjoyed the first episode in this Social Studies US Civics podcast. I've been Hallam Pope. Thank you for listening and good luck in your studies and in your pursuit of a GED or your journey towards US citizenship. Until next time. This concludes the lesson. Please make a note of the time, complete your log sheet, and turn your log in to your instructor at the end of the week. Then complete the follow-up activities assigned by your instructor or in your course module. This podcast has been a production of Lanier Technical College Adult Education.